0: Welcome to our Philosophy Club. This is part one of our meeting on May 21st, 2023, and this is our first ever recorded meeting. And it, Akib, Ben, 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 Johnny Mac, Katie, Kira, Logan, and Mike discuss values and
1: relationships. Hey, Katie. Hey, Katie, welcome. Katie.
2: Hi, guys. Hi. Katie's That's also driving. Cool. That's Michael Powell driving? Oh, dude, Michael Powell <laughs> every time, man. What else do you do?
0: I'm not convinced he has a house anymore. I think he just drives around.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the gas cost of that alone would probably be pretty comfortable to rent.
0: Um,
1: but <laughs> no, so I just, I've, Sundays I typically work a split shift. So I, I go and I open the store and then my, I leave when my relief gets there around noonish. ish um, But they usually get there actually closer to 1230. And I live 30 minutes from the store, so... I'm on my commute back home right now. And i am got to go back in later at like 8 p.m. That was saying, sorry, I saying, Katie, where are you headed to?
2: I was just in South Delaware visiting my family. So I'm <laughs> heading back home. I have like five hours of driving today, and I think I'm about halfway through.
1: Excellent. Excellent.
0: Do you want to get started with the introductions or do you want to? Do you, do you have a throwaway topic while you finish driving home, Mike? I don't know. You got to, since I guess you're the closest one we'd be waiting on,
1: it'll
0: <laughs> be your responsibility uh, to stall.
1: Well, I've only got about five minutes left till I get home. Uh, I don't know if I have any five minute throwaway philosophy topics. Um, Unless we want to just sort of piggyback on what you guys, I'm curious to hear what you guys thought about that article, if you read it that I sent into the group B. Um, about that internet influencer who set up an AI to impersonate her when communicating with her fans. Oh yeah, I
0: thought that was super creepy.
1: Really weird, right? What I found was just amazing that people would knowingly pay for that service.
0: Yeah, it was like a dollar a minute or something? That was- that seems nuts.
1: It, It seems crazy. She said she had, like, I read the article, it said she had something like 100,000 people subscribed to this service, where they, like, communicate directly with her, and then she just told them all she was going to have an AI do it for her, and I guess they were just fine with that. Like, that seems so weird to me.
2: Wait, I'm sorry. What kind of internet influencer is this? Oh, I,
3: I
1: think like, she's, like, I the type like, <laughs> of
2: okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that makes it make sense. All right.
1: <laughs> I don't know, I mean, though. Even it, still, there's some weirdos I mean, out there, but... Like, you know you're talking to a robot, just with, like, this girl's picture
2: on I mean, there must be...
0: Oh, do we lose her? Katie is a master of dramatic pauses when she's
1: driving.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Mac, welcome. This is like, in our last meeting, Michael was talking about some Redditors that were sold pornography that they later found out was AI-generated, and they were furious about it. And this is like the polar opposite of that, where people are intentionally speaking out. I guess it's not pornography, but it's comparable. Pretty similar.
5: Content. Close, at least. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Which lends credence to the argument that as long as people know what it is, they seem to be pretty okay with it.
5: So I, I think the, the creator, I didn't read the article, but I've seen it. And also my audio is probably trash and there's there's a washing machine on in the background. so that's Yeah, but you look great, funny man. Keep going. Thanks, nice, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so I don't, I, I, I think she probably does do like OnlyFans stuff. I think that she's more well known for being like a game streamer. And so there's something that's like, like parasocial about this. That feels, because it's not a, it's not like being sold as something pornographic, right? It's being sold as just like a messaging app. And I think that that's why it's being successful because it gives anyone who is like this super fan of hers or has some kind of parasocial crush of hers the ability to, I think in their minds, have a little version of her that they can just communicate with and, and do this weird, creepy AI stuff with. It's It feels like both, like, exploitative and also really unhealthy at the same time and to me. I don't, I don't like it very much at all. The internet, I think the internet's bad for us, just in general, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, the internet's giving us a
1: swastika right now.
5: That's true. Or at least That's- providing
1: the service over which it's happening. Uh, what do you mean when you say
0: parasocial? Is that like normal social, but with ghosts, or what's going on? No, no.
5: So paras- parasocial relationships. So say like you influencers. Um, pick your favorite person on the internet. Uh, Michael Powell. A, a normal relationship with that person would be like, oh, this this person's producing media that I enjoy. A parasocial relationship with that person would be like, this person's my best friend that I've never met.
2: Oh. Okay.
5: And that's a really unhealthy way. And this I think exacerbates that kind of parasocial relationship thing going on that, that is kind of endemic to the influencer kind of streamer mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh that that whole category of people. And just yeah. that yeah. like, worse in a lot of re- in a lot of weird, creepy ways.
3: <laughs> do you think it's like a symptom of something about our society or do you think it's just like a isolated sort of
5: yeah, I think both. Well, no, I think I think it's a symptom of the isolation that a lot of people feel in our society um, and and kind of the emphasis that we put on that kind of content now uh, the, the kind of people who tend to uh, be the mass consumers of that content, I mean streaming streaming video game stuff, just the demographics um, and younger people being more isolated in general nowadays.
1: Well, Mike, have you arrived? Uh, no, yeah, I, I'm, I'm home now. We're, we're all set. All right. I
0: guess uh, let's get started. We'll go around and ask or answer one of the questions from the poll. Uh, I'll start off and say, um, I'll answer which philosopher, not counting Michael Powell, who is my favorite philosopher?
4: Wait, so, are we doing like names and
0: backgrounds
2: yeah, or anything yeah. or uh, just questions? Well, I think I think we get name.
4: And like maybe like a little blurb, like
0: a lib, just a little something, a little a little blurb. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah. I'm Logan. I lived in Alaska. I currently live in North Carolina. I was part of the Patrick Henry High School Philosophy Club back in the day. I think I was the original treasurer. I was one of the two treasurers who was not found for embezzlement. Um <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Then, uh, not counting Michael Powell, my favorite philosopher might be Kant. I'm just on a Kant kick right now. Um, And he does a real good job, or he's very careful about making his philosophies um, at least not contradict Christianity uh, or, like, Christian doctrine. So, makes it much more palatable. I think uh, he's on the right track because of that. But, yeah. Mike, you want to go next?
1: Yeah, I can go next. I'm Mike Powell. I um, let's see. I currently live in South Carolina. I work in food service management um, for the number one pizza delivery company in the world. There it is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We uh, let's see. I got. I have a degree in philosophy from the University of South Carolina. Um, And this fall, as of this fall, I'll be moving to Virginia to study law at Washington Lee University. I think my favorite philosopher, other than Michael Powell, is probably, uh, well, probably my favorite philosopher, including Michael Powell, let's say, uh, is, uh, I think, Ludwig Wittgenstein. At the very least, he's the one who I think comes up in my own thinking the most, Um, which is ironic because, like, half of his work thinks that, like, things like ethics and metaphysics and aesthetics are kind of pointless to talk about. But those are my favorite things to talk about. Um, Nonetheless, I think he's probably my favorite. So, yeah. Uh, Katie, you want to go next?
2: I guess I will. I hope you guys can hear me. Um, Okay, hi, everyone. I'm Katie. Um, I was the original Pain in the Ass. in the original Philosophy Club. I think that was my official title. (laughs) And... I'm a flight attendant. I live in New York um, and I'm a vegan that's my probably my biggest pain in the ass thing I do now and I think the thing that comes up philosophical question that comes up for me the most is how much I should embrace or reject um, like the world and earthly desires versus uh, practice not the detachment, like the, the, the fundamental question for me on a daily basis, should I just, oh no, I think Michael's talking today, but it might be Judas, can
1: you hear me, Michael? Is it me? Okay, I was muted, but I to say I heard world and <laughs> earthly desires, and then I think you were starting to say detachment right as your signal decided to detach, um, and I didn't hear
2: anything. <laughs> ah, dang it, Okay. Run. I'm so sad I'm driving through this one. Um, my, my fundamental question on a daily basis is should I embrace grizzly desires or practice non-attachment? I guess I'll pass the ball to uh, Ben Greenwald. Who, who might be my favorite philosopher besides Michael Powell.
4: <laughs> yes, we did it.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, first off, so Mike, I was not privy to the knowledge that you're going to WNL. Congratulations. Excited to Thank have you, you back in the Excellent state. Choice. Excellent choice. When, when did that all happen?
1: Um, I had to put in a deposit May 1st, um, and I didn't decide until May 1st which, which school
4: I would be attending.
3: The <laughs> stay on or yeah. about
4: May 1st. Yeah. That, that tracks. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, congrats again. Uh, so, hello. My name is Ben Greenewald, or as my friends call me, Ben, 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 Ben. And I am a data scientist based out of Roanoke, Virginia, which is the place where Philosophy Club all began. And I'm going to be answering the question, why should we philosophize? Why philosophize in the first place? And very much in line with the analytical career path that I've chosen, I I do tend for better or worse to be the group's token utilitarian, which in practice means that while I always enjoy an abstract, cerebral, philosophical discussion, I'm most interested in philosophy as a tool, uh, a tool that I think that we can wield to further the fulfillment and the the flourishing of all conscious beings. So that's why I think we're here, why we do this. And I will toss it to Johnny Mac.
5: Thanks, Dan. I hope I am uh, audible. Uh... My name is Johnny Mac Dodge. I am a newcomer to the group, um, originally from South Carolina. I, I I came into contact with the group because me and Mike were roommates freshman year in college. Um, I am currently finishing up a master's in anthropology, so I I'll do, I'll, I'll do not have the, uh, the history, the storied philosophical background that so many from this group do. I do occasionally use my brain. Like once or twice a day, so I'll I'll, I'll join. And I I usually I usually join the discussion to say um uh, what would uh just just to mention that the context matters. Um, every now and then, that's that's my biggest. I think that's probably my biggest contribution. Um, we'll see how that goes today. Uh, and my favorite philosopher, including Michael Powell, I think would have to be um Diogenes, but mostly um just I like his aesthetic more than anything. He's very quotable. And I'm I'm also a little bit <laughs> a little bit cool sometimes, so that that works in the same way that I think that he is quoted to be. So I will pass it on to um, whoever wants to go next. Really, I don't I don't know. Akib, if you'd like to, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hi guys. Uh, I want to start off by saying
3: yeah. I haven't had any notifications off this like for the last three months, so I didn't even know these were going on until very recently. So I apologize for not making all the other meetings, but. Uh, I, was, I wanted to say Wittgenstein is my favorite philosopher. Um, but uh, right now I'm really into Stormy Uh He's like a more modern person who writes a lot about Wittgenstein. And just, it's called Must We Mean What We Say? It really is about, in the same thing as Wittgenstein, but it's kind of the philosophy of language um, and like, how we speak to each other and how we like, communicate. And what the implications of that are, Uh, and it's really difficult to grasp. And it's interesting that he was a data scientist. A lot of it I can relate to, like what's happening in sort of the um, data science, computer science world, where there's new concepts, but we have like trouble describing them um, using our regular language. So, like, I'm kind of interested in that right now. Oh, and sorry, going backwards. My name is Akib. For those of you who are not friends, I was in school with Logan. Um, I'm from Virginia, too. I'm from so I'm not real Virginia. And uh, <laughs> right now, I'm, uh, I'm doing a new for a renewable energy startup. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be out of the Army in September, and uh, hopefully, I'll start law school
0: tomorrow. I put the classes down. Hey, Akib, is there something in front of your mic? You were very quiet, but I think I heard all of it. Except for, what was the name of the new philosopher that you were into? Uh, Stanley Cavell. Oh, wow, you're much better now. Holy much shit. Clear. <laughs> no, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um
6: Yeah, Stanley Cavell. Very interesting guy. Um, I don't know if he's dead or not. He might be. Um, they have to be dead to be real philosophers, right? I hope not.
1: <laughs> Michael Powell in- <laughs> <a day though>. <laughs> <laughs> Over. It looked like we had Mackenzie Comer for a moment, but she's gone now, I think. Yeah, she's
0: gone now. We had Matt, too, but it looked like they're both gone. Anyway, well, they can, they can re- introduce themselves when they pop back in. There were a couple topics in the chat that seemed to get some traction. The ethics of children and the values of relationships, but if anybody else has any other topics, we can, uh, we can talk about those. I don't know.
1: All right, let's dive into um, the important... Because Johnny Mac and I talked about this a bit. Um, we were together on Wednesday of this week. I'm interested in talking about the ethics or the the inter- the importance of shared values. Um, I guess particularly ethical values or maybe political values or religious values, things like that. Um, in various types of relationships, be they friendships or familial relationships, romantic relationships. Um, I can tell you my gut instinct I mean and this is going to vary to an extent from relationship to relationship is that the bu- you don't need to share the bulk of your values I don't know that that matters all that much I don't think particularly in like friendships um, now romantic relationships especially if there's an intention for like a long term uh, nature to a romantic relationship I think it might be more important um, for some of the values we shared and at least where I helps more um but i think there's probably plenty of friendships i have where like all that matters is that like we both value each other's company um and beyond that i don't know that i need anything else out of
4: it i was just going to be uh that guy and see if anyone wanted to try and offer a working definition of a value yeah because i'm not sure i know exactly what we're talking about
0: it seemed based on our earlier discussion that uh, a value might be a preference that we've tied to our identity. Our sense our, of
6: I mean I don't think it's a, I don't think it's necessarily I think preference would be like an oversimplification. I think a preference is rooted I think a preference comes from a value, right? So I read I read what you guys were writing and I I was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But I thought but it was too late because then we started talking about dog portraits and I didn't want to like go all the way back. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I think values are either, I I split them up in my head into three categories and there's probably more ethical. Um, there's ethical, there's aesthetic. And the the relationship between that is, uh, the lines get blurred sometimes and like you have whole schools of thought and philosophy that like, talk about the relationship between aesthetics and ethics and then you have like physical or i when i think physical i think like pleasure uh, um and so like whatever preference you have is rooted in either an aesthetic and ethical or a physical value i think so like if you you guys were talking about peanut butter it's like peanut butter is my value. Well, no, you like peanut butter because you either think it tastes good and you like crunchy peanut butter because you enjoy the texture. And that's a, the value there is pleasure. You derive pleasure from peanut butter.
0: See, I think it might go the other way that values are a subset of, so you're saying that preferences are a subset of values. I think that values are a subset of preferences. That um, peanut butter really could be a value if If it were much more important to my identity, like if, if I became like, and I kind of think that all values are more or less like this. They're more or less arbitrary. What is a value versus what is a preference except for my own valuation of them. So like,
1: if I I don't like go ahead, I was going to say, I don't know. just, I don't want to cut you off too early there, but um, I don't think that like, and I guess this, I think, speaks to the difference between preferences and values. I think the founder and CEO of Jif Peanut Butter wouldn't be offended if his wife, not strongly offended, if his wife was like, look, I kind of just prefer Peter Pan. Um, like, I don't think, even, and I can't think of anyone whose identity could possibly be more closely tied to Jif Peanut Butter. And if his and, his, and like, and I could easily imagine him being like, look, I guess we can keep a, ca- a jar of Peter Pan on the cabinet, fine. And like, that's in, but at the same time, there are plenty of people who can't get over. That's a difference that like anyone can get over. Yeah. And so I think, not to say that I guess values can't be gotten over, because I think they mostly at least can. Um, But it seems like I I sincerely doubt that there's a person on earth for whom peanut butter is genuinely that sincerely a part of their identity. Yeah, yeah, that's,
0: yeah, true. But. Just in the so, uh, I think values can be trivialized to the point that they are preferences, like things that we ordinarily think of as values. I think that there are some people who, like, for whom, like, religion is a preference and not really a value. Um, it certainly seems that some people, you know, I mean, like, don't care more or less about denominations or the denomination of their spouse or, uh, what have you. Um, so for some people, like, that is more important and closer to the identity, and some people it's less. And I think that 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 goes to show that it is not the thing itself that makes it a value. It's how closely you tie your identity to it.
2: I think, I I think you are right that there is some aspect of it being tied to your identity. I think the difference I'm seeing is possibly that a value is something that guides or dictates your behavior. Um, And I guess we'd have to find a way to like distinguish that from just like maybe your behavior for liking a certain brand of peanut butter is you just buy that peanut butter, and that is, like, one individual action. I would say a value is something that is, like, a, an overarching idea that guides many different actions in your life. I don't think it's, like, one individual thing.
6: Yeah, I'd agree. I don't think religion is even a value. I think value religion has values in it. That, um, yeah, yeah. But religion is a set of doctrine. It's like a doctrine with dogma and values in it. And people derive meaning from it. Um, like, honesty is a value. My my choice to not lie in life is rooted in that value because I value honesty, right? Um, and so is my evaluation of others. So when Michael said your friends don't have to have similar values, I think they do to an extent. Like, I value people honest and I I'd enjoy the company of people who are honest with me and among other things, but they're all like a like I enjoy people company best who share my values. Now, they don't have to share my preferences. That's okay. Like they can derive pleasure from other things and they can drive meaning from other things, but the root value they they share, and that's what I appreciate in
0: in front see, i I would say the the opposite thing completely. like. I you could be a very dishonest person but if you prefer to philosophize over doing other things then I'll probably be a friend of yours cuz I like philosophizing or like even e- you maybe philosophy you could elevate to a value but like uh mm-hmm. even if like I enjoy playing tennis if you're around and you enjoy playing tennis we can totally be friends it doesn't matter if you're honest or a communist or anything else that's like different <laughs> from me doesn't matter you yeah uh, we can get along with just our preference of being tennis players, and I don't care about your values.
6: That will last okay. until the moment that you start like getting an argument over who scored what and like when the ball is out, and this guy's a liar. And, like, if so I know he cheats, the like,
0: then I'll just watch out for him cheating. I don't know. I don't need him to be perfect. <laughs> I, think I, think
6: that, I think our definition of friends is different, too, then.
2: Right. I think that... Um, relationships kind of like exist on a continuum and you can be acquaintances with nearly anybody you encounter I can enjoy the company of someone that I've just met and have no idea what their values are and if we share any of them but I think that building depth in a relationship does require some level of shared values and kind of almost it seems to me like a direct relationship with how much you share values and how deep your relationship can go, which is why I think that it's like Michael Powell said that you can maybe be friends with people who don't share your values, but maybe not have a romantic relationship or a partnership long-term. That's kind of like, I mean, that's just a friend that you've gotten a deeper and deeper relationship with. And so I think probably most people's best friends, their closest confidants are people who do share their values. So I think, most people would say they can be acquaintances with both people because it's just the lack
5: of depth. Yeah, I, I really liked the way that uh, keep broke it down earlier. And I'm sorry, this is a throwback. But when he was talking about aesthetic versus kind of ethical values. And I really like the, for some reason, I really like the peanut butter um, as like an illustrative of, of this point. Because Logan, you mentioned you have a preference for crunchy peanut butter. Do you have a, a brand for the Jif that you mentioned specifically? Or was sure. it just crunchy? Just crunchy is, and your it's what well, you want anyway. to choose. So that, that shows that when you're making your purchasing decisions, you value texture, flavor, consistency. I also prefer crunchy Jif peanut butter if I have my rabbits. When I make my purchasing decisions, though, I value cost-effectiveness and I value health. So instead of crunchy Jif peanut butter in my kitchen, I have like this big great value powdered peanut butter. And I can see in the ingredients there, it's just peanuts. It's just salts. And it probably is something, I think it's just peanuts and salt. And I eat that because it's A, it's a lot cheaper than buying the name brand stuff that I prefer. And B, I can control the kind of fat and sugar intake a little bit better than I can with the, uh, the Jif peanut butter. And that, that works out really well for my values, which are again here more so when I'm, when I'm choosing peanut butter, at least health and, um, cost effectiveness. And that works in kind of the relationship dynamic. Haley, um, uh, my, my girlfriend, Haley is also very big on cost effectiveness and shopping. So if she was a big peanut butter girl, she really valued the flavor and the effectiveness and the taste of that peanut butter, um, then we would have to buy two separate peanut butters for both of us. But she doesn't. She, she likes having that value, and she likes the flavor of this stuff. And in the peanut butter example, this is kind of just, you know, that wouldn't be a huge deal, us buying two separate peanut butters in a relationship. But I could see kind of extrapolating that out, at least in a romantic relationship where you have to live with someone else. Um, once it gets a little bit more expensive, more complicated things than the peanut butter, I could totally see that snowballing out and making a relationship like that a little bit more complicated.
0: Yeah, well, that that seems like you've got a, a higher order preference for health and cost effectiveness than your lower order preference for taste. But in a different situation, those might be flipped. If you're having a fancy dinner party and are having serving p- peanut butter sandwiches, you're you might in that situation value the taste more than the cost effectiveness and health because you want people to like your sandwiches that much more. So I think it's It's still more or less arbitrary which one is a value and which one is a preference.
2: Um, okay. I think that if you val- I-, I feel like, for Logan, you uh, don't really value taste all that much. So like if you were to find out that your favorite that all crunchy peanut butters in the world were being processed Using child labor, you would probably value like saving the children more <laughs> than you would value the taste of crunchy peanut butter, and like therefore that preference would be diminished. And so I think that like in life, that being one of the lowest order preferences for you, kind of explains why this is not something that would um, affect a relationship. Like again. Case is just so low on the list for the average person, and maybe there are some people where it's really truly not, um, and then it could it could be uh, a serious value that affects the relationship. But I think that maybe it just depends on how strong that value is and where that where that value falls in the list of your values.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, because I think overall, highest order preference would be something along the lines of be a decent human being. Slightly below that is like regard for human life, like falls within this camp. Way down below that is choosing the appropriate peanut butter for a dinner party. So that's so that like it's still a higher order, but that the my value of human lives is still my choice to make. Like I've put it that far on the preference. You could reorder these preferences however you wanted um, and still call it a value. You could you could be a country founded on, instead of capitalism, founded on, like, crunchy peanut butter and then go to war in, like, far off lands to spread the values of crunchy peanut butter. Like, it's in some ways, it's even, like, I don't know, more at least tangible than, like, capitalism or mercantilism or something over which, like, people have gone to war. So I feel like it is kind of arbitrary what we pick. And we can order them however we want and call them a value.
3: I
6: don't know if that's like a useful way of... I don't know if saying something is arbitrary is a useful way of like thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you actually assess human behavior, it's really not arbitrary. Um, that's true. But, and also, I think we have to be careful in saying like, okay, there's a difference between calling something a value and saying that you value something. Um, and I think we need to like make sure that we under, understand have a shared understanding of that difference because I can value something, like I can value anything and put value to it, but that's different from having a value set with certain values in it.
1: Yeah, it might be that like maybe uh, saying, calling it a principle would be a better word or something like that. Um, and also, Logan, to, let's, let's just... To, just to, Carry on your example of someone who's spreading the good word of crunchy peanut butter through imperialism. Yeah, uh, do you do you genuinely believe that you would be like able to have like a meaningful, deep, good, close relationship with a person who's actively warmongering for crunchy peanut butter? I mean, i I don't think so. I
0: might be able to play <laughs> tennis with this person. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> like. If I stopped playing devil's advocate and admitted that crunchy peanut butter is not that much of a value for me, then yeah, I would. Have, I would that would be ridiculous. I mean, what this person? And I think,
1: I think that's because that's because you have a difference in values there.
4: So mm-hmm. that, I mean, I guess what
1: we're getting, what we're getting to the root there is yeah, because this person does value crunchy peanut butter over human decency, and you value human decency over crunchy peanut butter, and so that is such a fundamental difference in principles, I guess it's probably the better word here, um, that it would get in the way of a relationship. And I guess it maybe if it's if it is something that we're even if it's a strong preference, if you think it wouldn't get in the way of a relationship, maybe it's not a principle then. Maybe it's just something you value, not a value. Yeah, I could buy
0: that, I think. So I'm I'm lost between a value, a set of values, and a principle now. <laughs> versus preferences because these seem like just different names for the same kind of thing but stronger I'm so, throw a, one
4: other like word into the mix this, that i'm trying to disambiguate uh, and this comes from a message that noah had put in the group me about religion religion as a means of organizing people with shared values and in my mind religion is a means of organizing people with similar beliefs but now i'm not sure what the difference between a belief and a value might be
1: Okay, um, let me take a stab at it. I guess so. The way we're using these words, I think, at this point in the conversation, is there are you have preferences about the things which have value, um, and those things are not usually going to like make or break. A relationship or your interactions with other people. They guide your actions to a certain sense, um, but they're not maybe constituent to your identity, at least not strongly so. Um, and then we also have principles or values. I think we're using those interchangeably. It might be just easier to use principles moving forward. Um, principles, which are sort of core values or core core parts of your your identity that strongly shape your your behavior and would likely affect your relationships. Um, now Ben, in terms of like religion and belief, um, I think belief has more to do with our, our set of not values, not the way we value the world, but our just understanding of the world. And then that understanding comes to effect various systems of value. Um, So your principles may be founded on belief. And, like, religions tend to be organized. Like, people who are heavily involved in religion are people who, I think, have a principle of devotion and to their faith. Um, Whereas there's other people who are maybe just very loosely associated with a particular religion, or aren't at all, who merely have a preference uh, to a certain extent of faith. If anyone disagrees with any of that, feel free to
4: chime Wait, in
0: so we preference where did, for faith yeah
4: can you explain that sentence more sure so
1: like um there are some people or who maybe maybe like their religion so they have a way that they believe the world is structured they may believe in a god um who has well, our, you know dictated certain
4: principles our beliefs in this case factual understanding about how the world is. So, so belief is an, is an is problem. And maybe this is all getting back to sort of the is ought distinction. A belief focuses on the is side of it. Values might start to push us towards the ought.
1: Yeah. You could, you could say, say that, that possibly I, I would take that. I think. Um, we're like a, yeah, your belief is your, your understanding of the way the world is. Um, and maybe your principles are more of, a, more of a distinction as to how you ought to operate within the world. I, I Yeah, I could buy that.
4: And then it, it sort, sort of sounds to me like preferences are just weaker manifestations of value. Like they're almost throwaway. My preference for crunchy peanut butter doesn't really dictate either how I think the world is or how I think the world ought to be. It's just sort of a desire in any given moment. I don't know if you could call it weaker.
6: Uh, I mean, you could just, or you could just call it, it's the manifestation of the value, like of
2: the principle.
6: So behind peanut, like, and then there's always an elementary principle behind your preferences. And I guess that elementary principle
3: is like the value um,
4: that you hold to be important. Could there be a scenario where your preferences and your values don't align? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like it think, seems to me, um, the, the Johnny Mac peanut butter <laughs> example, he prefers name brand real peanut butter, but he values the so, powdered cheap peanut butter.
0: While you think, struggle to disambiguate this, Kira, welcome. Would you like to could you introduce yourself and answer one of the questions? Oh, uh, she's also in a car. <laughs>
7: I am, yeah. Hi, um, I'm Kira. Um, I don't really know what else I'm supposed to say about that other than, I guess, to answer one of these questions from the group chat. Um, I don't know. I, I guess why philosophize is one that caught my attention. I think just in general, there's like very few spheres that people like really want to unpack the semantics of values and preferences and core values and um, really try to understand the world better. So I think it's it's a kind of a rare opportunity to have uh, important conversations, I guess, and, and think deeply about things that otherwise we often don't. So, yeah. Um, I Can anybody like in the religion example, because I'm thinking of it cyclically now of like religion can both be a core value and also a representation of a set of values. Like can somebody put the words that we are now using to describe these things into how Like, what what are the, like, values that are within religion, and what is what is it that makes religion a core value?
4: I was going to say, I would call religion a belief that also has a set of values associated with it. So, I mean, this is not a secret. Sure, but I'm,
7: then you can also... Sorry, go ahead.
4: I was just going to say... But Like,
7: some people, like, hold that as, like, a core value. Like, for them, that is, like, a make-or-break moment for them that, like, defines the way that they live so like not for me but like certainly i think that's perhaps like what makes people who feel so strongly about religion and think like they they could never have a partner that doesn't view it the same way i think that that like elevates it to like a core value kind of position like from like i like i totally see that like that is also a set of values that are within religion and maybe that's why you adopt it but i think some people like aren't actually evaluating like the, the values within the religion. They just know that like religion itself or whatever religion they practice is like their value.
1: Yeah. Um, so to speak to that, I think a lot of people, especially after having been a part of a religion for a long time, or particularly if they were raised in a religion, come to view, or maybe you could say come to value, association with that organized group in itself. And so the association itself is... Becomes a value and maybe even a principle for them. The idea there's there's a principle that you must be associated with this group, um, and that's maybe you could dig deeper and say that's because this group espouses certain other principles that they've out that they hold high. Um,
5: but I think the the association itself
1: becomes a principle for a lot of people.
5: I think another kind of interesting thing that I was thinking about with the religion um, example, um, and I hope it's not too too off topic, and and I don't want it. Diverge here, but there is like you can value the one religion. But I think if you look at like trends, specific like like political trends, I think there's kind of the adage that it's really hard for like an atheist to get elected to political office. It doesn't really matter like what religion you are, but it does seem that a lot of people value just being part of an organized religion. Quite not quite a lot. There's there's kind of an intrinsic distrust that some people have. Uh, uh, it seems like almost a majority of people have or have had in the past for someone who just does not belong to that so in in that way i think maybe there is something to just like religion in general you know kind of being a one or one or two value dichotomous value not one or two sorry
7: yeah yeah i think that's right we do make like a lot of associations with like what atheism like looks like like that you're anti-establishment and that like you must not i think probably to the political will of things like must not really have beliefs if you don't believe in anything and that's not a true i mean it's also like everything else i think it's just a problem with semantics of the way that we understand atheism but yeah i agree i think like to the to the value point yeah i think i think we do put this like weird value on just like believing in something
0: going back to the uh, the words we're using for these things. So it seems like we've got <laughs> we've got um, preferences at the bottom. above that it looks like there's values, then maybe core values then maybe principles. and Akib is saying that behind every preference and all these low order things there is some principle that we can point to. I argue, I'm gonna go ahead and say that we just have preferences and we have higher order preferences and we have higher order preferences. We just have a spectrum of things we more strongly prefer. And I think that's just a more useful way of thinking about it because in different situations we can value, we can prefer different preferences more than others. And, that, and there is no actual distinction between a value versus a core value versus a principle. It's just a matter, it just exists on a spectrum. Um, and there is no actual use in describing them that way. This is, this is, I guess this is what I'm getting at with the peanut butter thing is that there are just stronger preferences. I don't. So
6: Logan, I think the use is this. I think if you live in an unexamined, inert, lame kind of way and Mm -hmm. don't think about your choices, like, yes, like you go about life and that's the general as most people, including me sometimes. I don't think at all.
0: I don't think. Well, go ahead. No, no, no.
6: What I'm saying, what I'm trying to say, is if not you, I'm saying if somebody lives that way, like I don't don't, think anybody lives that way. But go ahead. I think, I think people do. I think I do sometimes. Like I think I live in a in an unexamined way sometimes, and then I have to like step back and think about and take time to reflect. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get lost, and I don't have time to reflect. But like once you're reflective, and that's the point of philosophy and criticism, is you start assessing why you chose what you chose, and when you start doing that, you start you start reaching at the underlying principles behind your preferences. Um, I think that's what the difference is. I don't think it's just, um, I don't think it's just like, I don't think they're all on the same plane, like all on the same level. Um, I think there are core, I, I think you can choose not to see them. And I think um, you can live life like that. But like, I think that's the point of philosophy is to try to reach those underlying sort of, core principles.
1: Yeah. So, um I think that we are essentially dealing with a heat problem here. Mm-hmm. Um and but that said, I think that they are meaningfully different. Can you can you find an exact point to draw a line between them? Um no, maybe not. No. But are they meaningfully different especially at the extremes? Absolutely. Um, and I think to call them the same thing, like, is, like, we can't, you wouldn't call a pile of sand and a mountain the same thing. And can you make an argument for them being functionally, constitutionally the same? Like, kind of, but then you lose out on some of the actual way we interact with those things in real life. Um, and so, like, is there an argument you made that it's all preferences? probably, but then I do think we lose something of the way we actually use these words in real life.
2: Right, mm-hmm. I agree. And it's also like, Logan, even if uh, I, could, I could get behind that line of thinking that it's just like you line them up and then maybe you draw the line at your top five preferences for human behavior like, and things that could guide your actions. I think that even if you just want to call it a spectrum, there is there is somewhere on that spectrum that I think every person feels some level of preference is more significant than others, including yourself. And there is some thing that is just beyond those preferences that you could not, you could not completely overlook. Like in the example of the warmongering crunchy peanut butter guy or whatever, like there's just some level of preference where it becomes so strong that maybe it's just a linguistic thing where it's, it's just useful to have a word to describe that preference that is strong enough to matter,
0: basically. Yeah, I would, I would buy that for a dollar. I would, I would accept that it is a heap principle and that we can make meaningful distinctions. What I won't accept is a heap's like Democritus-like idea that there is some individual <laughs> principle at which, like, you can get to, and everything is based off of that. Listen, I didn't say
6: you could. I didn't. No, I didn't say that I have gotten to it or anyone has for that matter. And and actually I've been reading a lot of Wittgenstein and he talks about atomic facts. I'm sure like you've read and like, then somebody asks him like, okay, what's an atomic fact? And he was like, I, I don't know. I should actually point to an example of one. <laughs> but, like the the, the, yeah. the closest I could get is like, just like, like what I did with, with aesthetic, ethical and physical. Like that's the closest I think I can get right now. And like, and then I think I can derive, if you give me a preference, I can point to one of those things. And within one of those categories, I can point to like a, like a, a principle, like honesty or transcendence or
0: or kindness or, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't thought about this enough. But but I think that even, even things that like honesty that you highlight is potentially up there with like one of these maybe indivisible principles, like that changes based on the scenario, whether or not you should... Be honest, because I feel like there are times when it makes sense to be dishonest and it be okay, even if. So it's like if if we draw the line our like top five principles, we have to acknowledge that like what those top five principles are will change in a given scenario, um, and that's why I agree I mean, with that. You know, yeah. So but I yeah, just. That's, just because- and, but I think
1: that's fine. Like, like I I can um, like I can tolerate, like let's say I had a hmm uh all right let, let's look at let's look at like, the principle of like loyalty um like in a, relanc- in a romantic relationship a degree of loyalty at least to the extent that they're not out like sleeping with other people would definitely be of like of utmost importance to me um but like i could tolerate to a certain extent maybe a, a loose friend who cheats on their significant other maybe i could certainly tolerate a coworker who does it um like, you know, that's not going to get in the way of that relationship. Um, and so, like, yes, those devalu- that's something that I value pretty highly. Well, I think less of them, of course. Yeah, like absolutely. But, um, but is it going to get in the way of our relationship, depending on the nature of that relationship? No. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that it is a principle. It just speaks to the fact that it, it affects the closeness and the degree of the relationship I can form with that person. So you're saying that the, the principles aren't situation dependent? Maybe not. I mean, maybe some of them are. I don't know. We would have to go through more examples probably. Um, but like at least in that one, because I can't th- really think of much of a scenario when I would be like, yeah, good for you, cheating on your spouse. Um, like, well, like, I, yeah, that I just mean, seems, yeah. But if we if we went to a more
0: fundamental one, like, um, like I could see there being times when honesty versus respect for human life could be, uh, I don't know, set at odds or like at least for your own life like, I don't know, well maybe not, maybe I can't think of a real example that would make sense because at first I was thinking back to your drunk driving versus someone needs to go to the hospital example Um, okay. and you're the only one around and happen to be intoxicated Um, but in both cases you're just using respect for human life as the appropriate principle I don't know I think you could hold principles in importance simultaneously
6: as well. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And, and then going back to like the religion thing, I, again, I don't think religion is a value. I think it's a doctrine and people f- follow it in different ways depending on what they value in it. Um, and saying that you, I think saying that you believe in something is like uh, you're you're implying something that I have to infer when you say that I believe in something. Um, And so there's like this game of, of implication and inference. Um, But it's, it's really unstable because the only way I can know that you truly believe anything is if you behave in a way that manifests that belief. So yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that.
0: Yeah. Well, I would say religion both is and isn't of value because like Paul said, religion is all things to all people. Um, so it's kind of all over the place. He didn't say that about religion. He said that about himself. But I think it could be applied to religion. Um, and kind of made
1: sense. Logan, in what way is religion itself a value to you, outside of its constituent values?
0: Well, because Christ's first commandment is... To love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And I I can't understand how that is a value outside of the religion itself. It seems like that's uh, the because value in the practice.
1: You're interpreting, yeah, because your definition of Christianity is to do that. Um, and so therefore Christianity is a value. Okay, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I think it's a commonly um, held definition. So I don't know That's What's that's a pretty good yeah, it's a pretty pretty good definition. Um I, I don't know if it's a commonly practiced well, like there's a lot of people who consider themselves Christians. I don't know. I mean, we all know bad Christians, I guess. Um,
0: but I thought the whole point of the new Testament is there was only ever one good Christian. So
1: (laughs) yeah, good point. Good point. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. All right. I don't know. I don't know if loving
6: God is a, um, an ex, if you like, if you take that claim and you kind of extrapolate it, like full like, from like the eastern sense of philosophy like and mysticism or it's not just like loving god is the value in the way that christianity does it in a a little bit more blunt way like love this god this entity um but what if you take it to mean that like you can't really love you can't really love anything material like you shouldn't follow anything material because it'll lead to your like a a level of moral depravity that, that won't be good so, like, you have to have an, un- like, you have to sacrifice yourself to some underlying principle. Um, and, and that doesn't have to be a religious belief. Um, not that you're arguing that anyway. I'm just, like, it's an interesting, um, and I think that's called transcendence. Like, you're trying to transcend, like, whatever um, Katie was talking about earthly desires or, like, earthly, like, things <laughs> So, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling.
5: Can I ask, uh, and I'm enjoying the the way that this is kind of naturally going, but I'm just kind of curious about where we landed on kind of the the original idea. So, say we have principles or preferences or whatever, (laughs) and we're trying to decide how important those are um, when it comes to forming relations, I think we all kind of agree that it depends on how important the principle is or the preferences and it depends on how close the relationship is. So can I can I be the, the opposite of what I usually am and just say, just pretend like it's an important principle and pretend like it's a close relationship? Um, maybe not a romantic relationship, but a close relationship. How where do we all land on whether or not that's important, whether or not that's doable, maybe?
2: Um I guess for me, it's, I would say that it's not, a relationship is not doable or not doable, but that it can improve or degrade. Not doable or not doable, but it definitely can uh, just, like I said, degrade something. I would say on most relationships, there's some like level of, again, I think obviously all of this is, like on some sort of spectrum. It's not like I think mean, there's very few things that people will fully, completely cut off a person for. It would have to be something, like, pretty extreme,
0: I would say. So that that's interesting. That reminds me of um, Adam Smith talked about how it's more important uh, that we hate the same things that – or have a strong dislike for the same things that our close friends have a strong dislike for than it is for them to like the things that we like. So, like, I don't need you to be a libertarian, but I need you to hate Nazism in order for us to be close friends. Kind of similar to that. Like, you might not
1: need...
2: Right. That's, uh, yeah. Sounds pretty
1: good
2: to me. I agree.
1: Do you think that's because... Do you think that's still the same thing we're talking about? Like, because in order to hate something, you have to have a principled stand against it. Like, it can't be, if you really hate something, it can't be just in your preference, probably. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I think I, I would, I would- Like, yeah, I'd sure would. prefer it if there we weren't Nazis around, but I guess I can put up with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like if, happy, you, if it's a really like, like that's, I don't know. If that seems so far removed from that. I, I think we're still talking about really principles here. It's just, I think hate is maybe an easy way to illustrate a principle as, as by like saying something that you're, you're against.
6: Right, right, and and I think when you figure out what you're against, you can kind of have a better understanding of what you're for, and it's like goes back to the common concept of like having a common unification through a common enemy, right? Nothing better um, than, than like a shared um, antagonist in your life.
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any good counter example. To that, where you could maybe two people could hate something, but from different principles.
6: Well, so like it's like, kind of like this. It's kind of like when um, so the founding fathers all were pretty much anti anti establishment Christian. Um, they were secularists, and and they they uh, went ahead and strictly separated church and state. In fact, when when the chaplain um, when they started when they created chaplain corps for the United States military. I think it was Adams or Madison who wrote something about how this was a violation of the Constitution um, and of, of, of the separation principle. But um, people talk about how, like, the, the, in, in America, there's this interesting concept where anything that violates any sort of um, um, religious freedom, um, like Christians and Jews and Muslims... Um will unite against it um to be like no, we have to protect Muslims or no, we have to protect jew rights um uh, or we have to protect the rights of of this kind of christian because it it we have this sort of common um enemy, which is the state that is trying to impose like some some law against us um when if you look at a lot of their their doctrines like they believe in they believe in like very different versions of God. Um, I know people say like, it's the same God. It's like, no, they different books, different, um, different implications. And, and, um, in that one instance, they'll be like very friendly towards each other. But if you, I mean, if you go to like Pakistan, like no Muslims are killing Christians all the time. Um, uh, and, uh, it's not funny, but, um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Funny that you had to say, it's not funny. Um, <laughs> but, um, and that's, that seems, though, that then it's because they share a value of religious tolerance. Um, they, and they're putting that, in this instance, at least, they're putting that value over, or maybe we should say they share a principle of religious tolerance, and they're putting they that principle over, or maybe of, of a separation of church and state, you could say, um, and they're putting that value over their value of their particular Religious doctrine for the moment.
6: I think, I think what they really share is they're, they're, they're equally weak. Um, and that's what they share. If they were in power, like, like if, if they wouldn't care about each other. They're only tolerant of each other because they're doing it from a position of, of, of z- zero political power or very little political power. And so they have to unite. And that's the point of having, it's great that we have different factions, um, religiously as well as politically because it forces them to be tolerant. I don't think tolerance is their actually underlying principle. If you look at any religious group once against power, like it is intolerant by nature. It's because it claims, it claims a, it has a unique um, claim, unique, absolute, and exclusive claim to truth. So how are you going to be tolerant of anyone else's, especially of another person who says, no, I actually also have a unique, exclusive, like absolute claim to truth too. <laughs> And you have a situation in America where all these unique, exclusive, absolute claimers of truth are are friendly towards each other because they're weak. That's why. And I think I think the founding fathers understood that very well. That like we have to make them weak so that they tolerate each other. Um, and the only way to do that is through secularization. Now,
0: is that having does that have a negative side effects? Yes, but right. fine. Sidestepping that, I can definitely think of an example where coalitions can support the same idea from different principles. Like the class, this is an example in economics, but it's bootleggers and Baptists, and both want uh, to prohibit the sell of, sale of alcohol on Sundays for completely different principled reasons. Um, they can become friends in that scenario. Um, so I, it's definitely not true that you have to share principles in order to share a preference. But uh, we can go back to the religion thing. Wait, can you can you do that bootlegger example one more time? So they, the bootleggers and Baptists, what? Tell me again. They both want to prohibit the sale of alcohol on Sundays, right? And that and lots of states that, have that kind of law because those coalitions are you know mutually support each other in that specific scenario.
3: Right.
6: No, one hundred percent. That they'll cooperate temporarily. Yeah. For yeah. like one very, it has to be very specific, obviously, and and yeah. But it comes from a completely different value. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's true. I think they can cooperate, but it's long term unsustainable because it's so contextual. Um, That's true. Yeah, they never it, become real right. Real. It's so dependent on the situation. Um, just like with the religious groups example, it depends on what kind of political situ- atmosphere you put them in. Yeah. Well, it depends whether they cooperate or not.
5: I feel like I feel like I'm stupid and maybe this is me being dumb. Logan did the bootleggers still have like their finger on the scale of those of those blue laws?
0: Uh, I don't know I think they did at one point and that's why yeah. they're like that. Um, I, I, I assumed
5: that's... that we were talking historically and that's that's yeah I think that that's the case. I was just making sure that I, I didn't miss something that was like still going on.
0: Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard anything in the news about that, but that's like a <laughs> working term that I've heard and on yeah. Econ Talk, honestly, a fair amount. So
1: yeah. I've never heard that, but it's a great, a great little phrase there. So I enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> I keep.
5: I think. Okay. I, I, can I say one more thing about the religion thing that we just? Please, we up, like, because it it is true, and I think you got you you said it really well when you said that like part of the part of the the reason that religions tend to be more tolerant of each other. Um, even if they do kind of have just disparate values is when they are outside of power and kind of garnering for power. I think that kind of historically, I don't know whether the Christian Judeo um, Islam three, those three supporting each other is like super held up historically. Well, Um, I don't think there wasn't a huge Judeo Christian Alliance until after world war two. I think the the word Judeo Christian didn't really come into the public sphere until after world war two as a response to kind of, um, uh, all the horrors of Nazism. There There's a lot of a, a huge history of anti-Semitism in, in pretty much every European and America um, garnered by usually Christians usually in in, in positions of state power. And, and a similar thing can kind of be said of um, usually Christians, usually evangelical Christians in state power um, displaying or, or garnering political leverage, uh, political Leveraging political power against Muslim kind of the post 9-11 world all the way up to, um, I think that the, probably the best recent example is, is the Muslim ban um, President Trump enacted. that does have huge evangelical Christian support, um, just, just to overcomplicate. The thing that I, that I think you said that is, that, is, that is usually right, it's just that in kind of our situation, there is a mass power differential between evangelical Christians and the other groups. Um, so I think what you said is still technically correct, um, kind of.
1: Yeah, so if anything, that, that kind of illustrates the key point that as soon as one of these groups does have some power, that they yeah. revert back to, to putting themselves over the others. Yeah, and I
6: think the beauty of the, of the, of the Constitution is that it, um, it'll never really let them, anyone like that, attain real political power or long-lasting political power. Um, because it so explicitly states that the state will not establish, like, a church. Um, so, like, um, I think it was during the Bush administration they had the first Ramadan dinner, <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> which was equally as ridiculous as all the other things they do. Um,
1: so, did we decide- so, um <laughs> do we yeah? Do we land on on a, on a place for for values and relationships? Do we, do we are we all in agreement that the severity of a principle and the closest of a relationship are there's sort of a correlation there?
6: I think an interesting so like just an interesting I I, I think we a lot of us agree. I think one interesting example is one of my really close friends Jake. Uh, on first dates, he always brings up abortion really and bold okay. and and it's really bold and he brings up abortion and he doesn't agree. Like he won't, he's anti-abortion, right? He's anti voice and he's an atheist. Um, so he's, he's that way out of like, he has like underlying principles. He holds like philosophically, he's done a lot of reading about it. And so he's just, he believes it and he'll explain his belief or his value or his principle. Um, and, um, it's, it's always a deal breaker. Like if they disagree Um, and it's very, for him, it's like very, like, it's a very like, um, yeah, like it it hits something very deep in him where, when, 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 when that's the disagreement. Now, if she likes vanilla and he likes chocolate, it's not going to be the same. That's not going to be the same issue. Right. But, but yeah. And he'll bring up other topics like it, but I just thought I'd throw that example out there and see what you guys, what you guys thought. Like, would that be a deal breaker if you disagreed with, this, with, with a potential partner on that subject?
2: Probably yes,
7: but I think more than that, for me, like, somebody being that bold on a first date, like, the way that you described that, and I don't know your friends, and I'm sure that they're probably a wonderful person, but the way that you just described that sounded very, like, condescending, and, like, that's the way that I would read the situation, even if he didn't mean it that way, that, like, he just wanted to... what his belief was and then try to like explain why he's right about it (laughs) like that just would not it wouldn't be about the belief itself it would be about like the presumptuousness of like bringing something so contentious up and then like with the goal in mind to like root somebody out it just seems like there's other ways that you could probably get about figuring out if somebody's compatible with you other than sort of just kind of trying to stoke a fire or you know like i guess in the best of scenarios maybe he does this very respectfully and is like really chill about it but i just have a very hard time imagining that the conversation is (laughs) (laughs) good
1: just in a really really chill way (laughs) just to be really cool here just want (laughs) to see what your thoughts are on abortion
4: But, like, in a cool way. <laughs> I wish I could, <laughs> like, Tira, I wish I could record that curious, and, like, give it to him. Like,
2: I'll never talk to you again.
4: <laughs> Akeem, this is recorded, um, so you can give it to him. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect.
2: I, um, I honestly would be super, super grateful for someone like that to bring it up immediately so I could waste as little time as possible. Like, honestly, I actually uh, uh, can't, can't say I disagree any stronger with almost anything someone could bring up on a first date and I but I respect getting that out of the way
5: yeah I was just about to say what Katie said that with a as from from the voice of a white man um but like especially if you are a man and you have that opinion You're welcome, Katie, for emphasizing your points. Um,
2: You
4: know, Johnny, I think you're doing it better than she did. So keep going. I I I like Johnny's version. I want Um, the white man.
5: (laughs) (laughs) It it is even a little bit different, I think, from like a woman on a date being like, hey, I'm, I'm pro life, I'm anti choice. If you're a man entering a relationship with a woman and you say, I'm going to have a massive problem with you getting an abortion, that is something that the woman deserves to know up front. Right? Like, that's, that's that True. feels a lot different. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah
6: well, that's kind of how Jake sees it. He sees it, yeah. like, I'm not, he says this, I'm like, maybe you're being a little too blunt. I've seen him interact with women and it's sometimes very heavy-handed. Um, but he's a very nice guy. Um, and I'm like, dude, you're like, you're like very, like, you just, that's like, that can be seen as, pres- like Kira said, presumptuous and condescending. And he's like, well, it gets... It gets the issues out of the way, and he's a he's a data science guy. Um, oh,
4: great! <laughs> yeah, he's, he,
6: he, he's, he, he was a math he was a math major, and he's all about efficiency. So he's like, I'm wasting the least amount of time possible. Well, is what yeah. he thinks.
2: But, but
7: is that something that he has to do? Like, where is he meeting these women? Like, could he not do that before they both show up somewhere? Like. <laughs> Could you not send a message and just say like, "Hey, it is a deal breaker for me that I I am pro life, and if if you are not, then then I I don't think we should meet up." Like, like by the time that I show up somewhere, like if the first thing that you want to talk to me about is something that you could have addressed, like if your true goal is to it's save like the, the second or the time, third thing here,
6: you did
2: not thing. fundamentally save me the time. <laughs>
6: No, like, fair enough. Like, I don't think he brings it up. Like, I don't think that's, like, the first thing he brings up. I don't think they sit down, like, order a glass of water, and, like, he brings up abortion. Like, it's usually, like, in the middle to the end of the conversation, from what I understand about him well, telling it's, me secondhand. the end of the
0: conversation.
2: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I just,
7: it's hard for me to wrap my head around if it is truly just about efficiency, why he wouldn't. I mean, like, if that is really the deal breaker for him right off the bat, why not send it in a message beforehand and just avoid the whole interaction? Like, if if it's really just about not wasting anybody's time.
1: See, probably, he's
0: probably lonely.
7: That that's interesting. I was yeah.
0: gonna, that's funny.
3: <laughs>
2: <Ooh>.
0: <laughs> I was going to give the opposite take, where. um like he's not only selecting for people because it makes sense that he wants to, since he would be incompatible with people who have a strongly held opposite view, he wants to not be dating those people. However, what he's also doing is like he's weeding out people who may even have only a slight preference one way or the other, um, because he's sending the signal that hey, I don't really know how social situations work, and in bringing up an. A, a topic that is inappropriate for the first date. So, like, if the if this were five dates in and someone had a slight preference one way, they might still be able... They might be able to change their view and be like, okay, I don't share the exact same view, but I think I think I could... You know, I think I'd be okay with it um, or whatnot it, um, because I like this person and they seem nice in all other respects. And I think that's true... At least of other strongly held values, that like they might be even very strongly held ones, you might be able to switch if you like the other person enough. Um, and if there are, or maybe not strongly, but like weakly held values. So he's like selecting not, two things at once. Not but, Jake, but I will say disclaimer Jake gets really turned on when people
6: disagree with him. He likes arguing. Um, one, and then two, <laughs> and he, he really. Um, he really appreciates like if somebody has a well reasoned opinion, and he's actually changed his mind on like from dating girls like who have convinced him to like see things a different way. Um, so that's Just why about I knew- This one issue. No, not about this one. Not yet. No, but he like he he like he's like he's super open to being convinced. Like I've convinced him to switch his opinion on like very strong beliefs before. It took a lot of work. It took like months of effort, um
7: yeah, which right, respectable, right? if you really want to have a conversation about it, sure, but that's kind of why you have friends, like with all due respect, Jake sounds like my nightmare, <laughs> like yeah, <it's> just <laughs> like I don't think it's your dating partners, like especially early on, like jobs or even like. I don't know, like you're not obligated to like sit down with somebody and like have a hard conversation because I think like to have hard conversations like that where you actually move the needle, you have to have some baseline level of respect for each other already. And so like I don't think that the likelihood that he is going to like achieve his goal of if it is to like have a real conversation and hear some other points of view, I don't think he's going to achieve that by like sitting down and like just kind of it comes off off off-putting Like, people are probably not comfortable in that scenario. It's also, like, being a woman in the world is hard. And, like, you don't know if this man is just, like, a creep. And, like, why is he bringing this up? Like, does he have some ulterior motive that he wants to have, like, a power play? Or, like, what's going on here? Like, I just think there's a lot of, uh, like, other ways that he could have these conversations that would not be, like, showing up on a first date and trying to, like, have a serious conversation. I think, like, the only thing that he gets is, like maybe he lucks into if, if this is the luck that he wants, like someone who is truly combative and ready to like throw down about abortion on a first date. And like, even I think like for myself, like who feels very strongly about it and feel like I could have a really like heated, educated conversation with someone about, <laughs> about it. I, I wouldn't engage on a, on a first he, date like that. Like I would just be like rolling. Great. <laughs> he's just rolling the
1: dice until he finds someone who's just like, no kidding! I just bombed an abortion clinic yesterday. Like, what is he looking for here?
5: <laughs> well, okay, I have a theory, and we might have to strike this from the podcast. But Akiv, you, <laughs> you just really turned on uh, when people argue with him, so I'm yeah, not. Yes, exactly. A- right. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, he's a. I can't think of a better surefire way to get um to get women to argue with you on the first date than than what this than this strategy, but.
6: Yeah, no, I've 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 tried to tell him. I've, I've tried to convince him not to bring it up. Um, but it's interesting, Kira, You said a baseline level of respect, but Jake is the kind of person who'll have the base who has a baseline level of respect for everyone he encounters. Like right. he would, like he would give you the shirt off his back if you just met him and you needed a place to stay. He would offer his house. He would cook you food. Like he's one of the kindest, most generous people I, I know. Um, so he, he but. And and actually, I've known him for I've known him for eight years. I've ran thousands of miles next to him, and I used to hate him the first like
7: two years I mean, of knowing him. I and I guess I don't mean just like a baseline. Le- I would like like to think that probably all of us have like some baseline level of respect, and what you described is maybe a step above that even. But I think there has to be like respect to the extent of like comfortability to like have hard conversations where you feel like you're not just wasting your time and you're not just speaking into the void and you're not just like talking to a brick wall of a person which you can't know about anyone I think when you first met them like if they're actually going to be receptive to a real conversation and I think like there are ways to ease into like serious conversations that maybe aren't quite so serious and contentious as that one um and then kind of like build that relationship where you feel like okay like we can have these hard conversations and not hate each other at the end and like you know respect to like, end up respecting each other's opinions without agreeing on them that I just don't think you can ever reach, like, when you first met someone. I think it just, like, it puts a better taste in your mouth, and you're, like, not interested,
2: like, so, like if the relationship just, isn't, why
7: is it worth it to continue to, like, have a conversation where you don't feel like you're, ha- like, being heard, that kind of thing. It's, like, it's that risk that I think is, like, a big barrier to to wanting to engage.
6: So, I and I agree with you. I think he's, like, in that regard like he's losing out socially he's missing something but he love jake but i would ask the group this like would you be willing to seriously date um someone who disagreed with you on a subject as contentious as abortion or abortion itself um like like logan said like sometimes you can like someone enough to like overlook certain things or to like shift your perspective a little bit to like like would would you guys be willing to shift your perspective like is there someone you can imagine uh, that you would be willing to shift your perspective on that regard for or
1: or is that a deal breaker my first thoughts are probably yes I think I could um, but my second thought is it really depends on like how often this issue is likely to come up um, because she's pregnant like, all right, well then, uh, <laughs> then it's come up. Um, <laughs> um, I think, hmm. yeah. I
3: mean, I like, think. this I is why it's
6: so important, it. right? Because like it, 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 it's not just like a, some lofty like idea that you have about the world. It's like, okay, this could happen right. to us.
1: Right. Um. I think I could put up with it. Um. But I understand people who say no. I think. Yeah, it must be so
2: it. nice to have this conversation without ever thinking that you could be the one stuck with the nine months of pregnancy and and whatever kind of after effects of that. That must be oh, real. nice. I bet it, it would be really easy to look past it. I bet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, fair. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um. So, yeah, like I said, I completely understand if you were to say no, that would be a deal-breaker for me. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because for me, I feel like if I were with someone and she unexpectedly got pregnant, uh, whether whether my preference was one way or the other, I could live with it either way. Um, but that's not true for everybody, so, you
2: know. Yeah, see.
1: The
0: I'm
2: not saying I'm sorry, I want to stop and say I'm not I'm really not trying to single Michael Powell out. I'm just really <laughs> I'm really pissed off about this guy. I'm like I'm just like silently doing in anger just thinking about a person like this. Honestly. When when Kira yeah, said when correct.
1: Kira says she was like she's like I don't I don't know this guy, but I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy. I like saw the expression on Katie May's face that was like, Yeah, yeah I, I fucking <laughs> thought he's a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I don't know
7: I don't think guys like well enough to really just shit on his friend
6: like that <laughs> hey it's okay I shit on him all the time um, but like you would like him if you knew him um, because he's, he's a very reasonable good kind person but yeah like his beliefs unless, are like unless you're I'm telling you I did not harsh. like him for the first like over a year I knew him I didn't like him because, because of the way he expressed himself
1: yeah. yes
0: um, I mean to, to reframe it a little bit you could have, like, why wouldn't he ask a similar question about whether or not they want to have kids, period? Because that could equally be a deal breaker down the road, equally important. Um, he does. Yeah. So then uh, the <laughs> yeah, thought, thought is yeah, the, like he's at this point beginning a relationship. This would not really be a concern or like a, a decision they'd really need to go into for like probably years down the line he may be a genuinely different person years down the line. And so he's unreasonably selecting, like or weeding people out for a decision that, like he, he might have different views three years from now. And so that in that respect, it's foolish. On the other hand, if he wants an incredibly analytical person who does not read signals, like social signals in the same way, then this is a great strategy because that's, that's what he's selecting for is someone who doesn't read social signals. Um, so, like, hats off to him if that's what he's looking for. But right.
6: I mean- and I'm actually, Logan, it's super interesting you brought that up, because I think I was talking to him last week about it, and I was like, you know, you could completely change your views. Like, your views will you become a different person, like, every couple of years. Like, your, your views will shift, and, like, so will someone else's. So, like, you put an unnecessary level of pressure on them to, like, and pin them down as this, like, static person for something that is probably not going to affect your lives for, for a little while, but Anyway, it's a good point. I'm going to totally stand you know, this down.
2: I think um, I think it actually is pretty important because it could come up in three weeks, you know, like a month maybe after a first date. Who knows how it might go? I think that's like a pretty important thing to be on the same page as at least before anything were to ever get physical, which what? I don't know. Maybe it's a first date guy.
6: Katie, what makes you the most angry
3: about this?
2: I think that someone who is incapable of bearing the consequences of this in a very physical uh, and, of course, mental, but especially a physical way, uh, doesn't really have a right to have to dictate the actions of a woman. So, like, I guess I could get past someone who maybe was like, I don't, I don't prefer abortions. I wouldn't like for my partner to have one. Um, but I think that anybody who is like anti-choice and that a woman should not be able to choose in any circumstance. Uh, like, I just don't think that there's any reason for someone who can't bear those. Uh, actually, no, I, wait, I want to start over and just say that I don't think that anyone should have any say on what I do within my own body. And I think that any person, whether regardless of whether they can experience pregnancy or not, um, they can do whatever they want with their bodies, but to have an opinion on what I do with mine and one that uh, can be forced upon me in a legal way is, is just not right. It's just like
5: immoral. It's, it's- yeah, I'm, I'm on team strong disagree with Jake. Strong do not encourage him to change his behavior in any ways until his opinions change. <laughs> Cause I, I, think it's, I think it's great that he is putting it out there if he's going to feel that way because i it seems like a nightmare to get in like a relationship with someone and then learn that about them also i feel like like maybe like like, opinions like this opinions like pro chat especially when you're this firm on them i don't think that those change that much that much like in later adulthood especially i think that these kinds of things will stay pretty much stable so i think the odds of this being the way that he is for a long time, are pretty high. Yeah. Um, so, it so you listen to this, keep doing keep doing your thing, my guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I'd like to point out that there's a Seinfeld episode specifically about bringing up abortion in a relationship, and brilliantly addresses this topic. Um, One of the, truly the most philosophical show there ever was. Second, I'd like to pivot, because this is Almost tangentially related to the other question that we were thinking about, just the ethics of having children. Uh, setting aside, I guess, <laughs> abortion. I guess the opposite of this question, or the <laughs> contrapositive. I don't know how this works. Um, but Kira brought that up the other day. and I. Thought... Gosh, what a cliffhanger. No worries. The same jolly group will answer
1: this question in our next episode. Thank you for being part of our philosophy club.